So good morning, everyone. Welcome to Daily Devotions. My name is Lloyd, and this morning I will be continuing our Advent series as we look towards the birth of Jesus on Christmas Day. We've been covering specific themes and specific scriptures over each of the four weeks leading up to the 25th. And this week, week three of Advent, focuses on the theme of joy and that how through Christ's coming into the world, we have his joy that has come into our lives. And so for this morning, if you want to follow the uh, readings as we go through each of these scriptures, uh, building up this hope and expectation towards Christmas, the readings for today are Psalm 42, uh, Ezekiel 47, verses 1 to 12, and Jude uh, chapter 1, verses 17 to 25. So I would encourage you to read through those scriptures if you get a moment today uh, as we kind of all build towards this uh, similar and singular theme. But for the purposes of our devotion this morning, I'm going to be focusing on the passage from Ezekiel and sharing a few thoughts around this famous prophecy on the river of living water. Such a beautiful passage for this time of year uh, in the season of Advent. And this, this, this prophecy in Ezekiel 47 comes in the midst of one of the most desolate seasons for the people of God. And it also kind of is a turning point for the greatest renewal and the greatest revival because of the words that are said here. And that's because in the context of Ezekiel 47, the people of God have been living in uh, exile. They've been taken captivity by the Babylonians and they were without hope for a large, for a large um, amount of time, 25 years in fact, they were living in this exile. They didn't seem, it didn't seem like there was any prospect of them finding their way back home. And that's because the holy temple where God dwelt in the city where the people worshipped him, Jerusalem, that had been destroyed. This place, the central pl place to the people where they would worship God was no longer there. And they were left scattered almost and disillusioned. And there seemed to be no spiritual life anywhere in the land at the time that Ezekiel receives this prophecy. Uh, and this really sets the scene for just how powerful this prophecy in the story of the whole Old Testament is because in the previous seven chapters from Ezekiel 40 to 46, he's given detailed instructions on how this temple should look and how the priests ought to worship the Lord. It's like he's given this blueprint for something that doesn't really exist yet. And in the midst of this desolation, he's received something so special. It almost seems beyond the imagination of the people because of the situation that they're, that they're in. And this is the moment where Ezekiel sees this temple rebuilt in all of its glory as it's revealed to him by the Lord. And he realizes in this moment that it is nothing but the grace of God that can turn this situation around. The hopelessness that the people of God are, are experiencing, nothing but the grace of God is able to turn it around. And it's revealed in this wonderful prophecy, speaking hope and speaking joy into the midst of that season. And that's such a powerful uh, reference for us today, isn't it? That still in a world that seems without hope, we have this message of hope that we can speak into the midst of those desperate situations. And this is what it says in Ezekiel 47 verses 1 to 6. I'm going to paraphrase it for us and then share a couple of thoughts around, around this idea. Then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Even there, after getting this whole blueprint, this man of God is brought back to the entrance of the temple. But now something looks different. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Next, he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate that faced east. Um, there was water trickling from the south side. As the man went out east with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a third of a mile 
and led me through the water. It came up to my ankles. Then he measured off a third of a mile and led me through the water. It came up to my knees. He measured off another third of a mile and led me through the water. It came up to my waist. Again, he measured off a third of a mile and it was a river that I could not cross on foot. For the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim. A river that could not be crossed on foot. How, how beautiful is the imagery in this passage? There's so much that can be attributed to the meanings of those various levels, the various distances that that that, that, that the man is is taken through, and how it so beautifully just, just describes the the flow of salvation from God's dwelling place to all the people. But for the purpose of our conversation around this this topic of of joy this morning, I want to I want to focus on the fact that we know as we were living in the New Testament, that Christ himself became God's holy temple. And that everywhere he goes, he carries the presence of God with him, for he is the Son of God. You know, Jesus refers to his body as the temple in John 2, verse 20 to 21. So we know, looking back, that in this passage in Ezekiel, we have a picture of the salvation work of Jesus, who came from God's throne, throne in heaven to earth, to bring that salvation message to all mankind who were without rescue and renewal. We know this is, this is what, it's, what it's a picture of. And if we consider for a moment how sin could almost be represented in this oppressive captivity that was led by the Babylonians over God's people, it seeks to imprison us, doesn't it? It causes the land of our hearts to run dry without life and without joy. And friends, this festive season, let's remember these words and remember that the river of living water, Jesus Christ himself, has washed through our sin. He's brought salvation, life, and freedom to every captive. And this, this picture, in fact, of Jesus as living water carries through in other places in John's gospel as well. You know, Jesus says, for instance, to the woman at the well in John 4.13, that everyone who drinks from this water will, will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. And again, in John 7, Jesus referring to the Spirit says the similar says a similar thing, uh, that we'll have streams of living water flowing from deep within us. You know, we see how this beautiful picture is repeated where Christ is the river of salvation that goes forth from God into mankind to bring redemption and to bring life. And speaking about that life, this prophet Ezekiel continues in this prophecy and he ends with these words in verses 6 to 12. It's again just beautiful imagery in terms of the work that Christ came to fulfill, the work that we're remembering at this time of year during Advent. And he says this in verse 6 of, of Ezekiel 47. He asked me this, do you see the Son of Man? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I had returned, I saw a very large number of trees along both sides of the river bank. He said to me, this water flows out to the eastern region and goes down to the Araba, where it enters the sea, the sea of foul water. The water of the sea becomes fresh. Man, that's so powerful. Every kind of living creature that swarms will live wherever the river flows. And there will be a huge number of fish because the water goes there. Since the water will become fresh, there will be life everywhere the river goes. Man, that is such a beautiful passage of scripture. And Ezekiel and the people of the time knew full well that the Dead Sea, which he's talking about here, this place of foul water, was a place where nothing could live. The waters were not conducive to life at all because the water had no nutrients in it. And so surely, you know, surely nothing could ever awaken to life in such a place. And here we have the full picture of the power of this prophecy on display. 
And this is what salvation of Christ does. When he enters your life, when salvation enters your life, he turns the bitterness of sin, the foul water in our souls, the places where we thought surely nothing good can come from there, into fresh, living water, bursting with life in the spirit. And the encouragement we have this morning, friends, is that if there are areas in your life that seem bitter, that seem lifeless or without evidence of the presence of God, just take one step further into that river of the power of the life-giving spirit, the person of Jesus, and watch how he turns those lifeless places into places of life again. The river of God's grace revealed in the person of Jesus is flowing freely and fully towards you. That river is flowing freely and fully towards you this morning, friends. And that scripture promises us that everywhere the river goes, life will be. And so this morning, just open up to Christ again. Let's be encouraged to allow the joy of our salvation in God to flow in and touch even the most lifeless and seemingly most captive places in our heart, in our land, in our world around us, because that's exactly what Jesus came to do, to give life and life in all its fullness to everyone who would receive him. So this Christmas, Father's house, may we allow the Son of God to bring new life to every part of who we are. Amen. So I hope that encouraged you this morning and I'm just going to take a very brief moment and pray for us before we head on out with the rest of our day. So let's do that. Father, thank you so much that as we read this wonderful prophecy in Ezekiel, we see this picture of your work, Jesus, that salvation flows like a river towards mankind. And everywhere that you go, Lord, you bring life and life in all its fullness. And this season, we pray that even in our own hearts, you would begin to touch those dry wilderness places again. And thank you that when you do that, Holy Spirit, you will produce life again newness of life, fresh water, Father, that, that, that flows through us and touches others also. And Lord, we want to speak the salvation into our land this festive season, into our nation that is so desperately needing a touch of salvation from you, a touch of this living water. Father, would you move into those dead places? Would you move into those places that are in captivity and would you set the captives free so that we would see a new nation rise in our lifetime? And Father, we thank you for the power that is in your name. And we just declare your faithfulness and your, and your fruitfulness over the season ahead. And all of this we pray in your wonderful name. Amen.